no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. It is episode 56. No, I think less. Less 55. Mm. <laughs> I don't, don't know. Hey, honestly, <laughs> when you produce this much high quality content, you lose track of how many you've done. Uh, but anyway, uh, as always, I am your host, Jasper Woody Woodson. Alongside me is the ever dependable Wilbur Wilby Kudeluks. How are you, mate? I'm good. It's the 56th episode. 56th episode. Checked. There you go. The clarification. You were right. Stat, stat man's on it. Um, a new location for recording. You guys can't see this, but a new, new location of recording for us today. Very very cozy uh, Wilbur's mum's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very it's very mum apartment. And um, it's something that Gus and his his partner pointed out. There's cats everywhere. <laughs> oh, I didn't really you notice that. But yeah, actually, too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, but no complaints from me or you in that department. Exactly. Um, so not a whole, uh, actually, a bit to get through today. But in terms of, um, so we're going to quickly uh, go through some transfers, and then uh, so there's not a lot to cover in that regard. But then we're going to jump into our women's Euro preview as they kick off on the sixth of July. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let, let's quickly do a little weekly. Uh, men's transfer roundup before we hop into the women's uh, Euro preview. So uh, I'm going to just jump straight in with this one. Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal. <laughs> pretty pretty huge. God I damn, think... that's a good signing. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, like it, w- it was obviously very unclear when we talked about it last week whether who was going to choose and the Tottenham offer seemed like a good deal for him uh, personally. But yeah. It's definitely a great, great signing for Arsenal. He, he wants to be the main man up top. Yeah. Even if that is in the Europa League. <laughs> Arteta's project. Yeah. All or the nothing. The deciding factor. <laughs> all, or, all, or, all or nothing trailer dropped today. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was so keen to watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, it's, it's a great signing. And hopefully hopefully it does very well. Like he, like we were saying last week, it seems like he'll um, fit very well into Yeah, for sure. To Arsenal. Just system. the way the way we press defensively, the way the Arteta uses the striker just as much of as, just as much of a, as a facilitator than um, than as a striker, a, a scorer. Uh he he fits that mold uh, perfectly. Um but yeah, thrilling, great stuff. Good time to be an Arsenal fan. Hope it's not the last thing we do. Uh but then another Arsenal target that we were potentially talking about last week that uh, is now looking like not going to Arsenal is Rafinha. Rafinha seems to uh, have been snapped up by Chelsea. They made a 60 million to 65 million with add-ons bid, uh, which was higher than what Arsenal made, and that was accepted by Leeds. Hectic. Oh, so it's, that's been accepted. It's not here we go by Fabrizio, but like he made an announcement today being like, bid accepted by Leeds. Right, like, okay. Yeah, it's looking like that's the way it's going to go. That's hectic. I mean... I feel like that's, I'm ha- kind of almost happy we didn't pay that much. I was talking to Rezik uh, about this. I think as good as he is, I, there's other more pressing needs in our team that I'd rather the £65 million go to. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fair point. I mean, you've got you've got Hazelus now. Um, you've got lots of pacey sort of wingers that sort of would be the sort of mould of, of Rafinha. So, yeah, y- you need that centre midfielder and... Probably, probably another defender. Yeah. So yeah, but for Chelsea, if they can get him and Sterling, that very quickly transforms their attack. 
Yeah, for sure. I th- I think they definitely need the um. They they need to replace Lukaku or not replace Lukaku, yeah. but get a striker. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, they they're both definitely good signings and pretty pretty hectic way to start for the new owner. Yeah, interesting that um they weren't more in for Gabriel Jesus in term, considering they do need someone to lead the line for them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, given given Tuchel was willing to pay like go after Lukaku for that much money. Maybe he's just after more of like a traditional kind of striker. Yeah, true. For his system. But then it's weird because he he got a traditional striker in Lukaku and then didn't play a system that suited that all last season. Yeah. I just just don't get where Chelsea's tactics are at sometimes. Like, you Mm. buy a guy like that, then you play a Havertz-Werner sort of system with no recognised striker. It's it's a bit hard to nail down exactly what came first with, you know, yeah. Lukaku coming out and saying I don't want to be at Chelsea anymore, and then Tuchel not playing him or not playing a system that suited him. Like, yeah, I I think it's hard to say. You know, what happened was Lukaku went there, Tuchel played a system that didn't suit him, and then he and then he left. I think there's yeah, lots true. lots more to the story there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it looks also like uh, moving on from Rafinha that. Uh, Man United potentially will be uh, dragging Frank- Frankie Dion kicking and screaming to Old Trafford because <laughs> <laughs> apparently they've had a they're close to having a, bid, a 65 million bid accepted by Barcelona, but Frankie Dion, I think he's doubled or even tripled down on the fact that he doesn't want to go. So yeah, that will be interesting. <laughs> it's definitely an awkward one to follow. Hey? Yeah, because he, he he said in the media or someone said in the media that that he told. Ronald Koeman that he doesn't want to go in yeah. addition to saying it publicly obviously so yeah and I don't know. yeah look it's just like you said yeah it's just I, I don't get like the thinking behind bringing in a player who doesn't want to come to your team even if he's happy to play under Ten Hag like he it's just not a great look and if things do go south for United they don't get better straight away how committed to the cause is Frankie de Jong yeah, because you've got to have players that want to buy in, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And I mean that that's been a problem at United for a long time. Like, well, since since Ferguson left, like sort of motivating players and, and getting the right players who who are motivated to play for the club. And if you're starting off on this very, what looks from the outside a very awkward foot, mm. um, yeah, yeah. And and well, I do think they need more than like they they need central midfielders. I'd say more pressing than central midfielders, they need central defensive midfielders. And uh, Calvin Phillips has now been snapped up by Manchester City, a player that we, for as long as I can remember, since Leeds started playing poorly this season, have linked with United and have said would be a good fit for United and cheaper than Declan Rice. Uh, apparently, he the reason he went is because he wanted to play under Pep, which is understandable, but I feel like, did United even try and get him? Like, Yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely didn't seem like that... He- that he was part of part of Ten Hag's plans. Um, maybe he's got maybe he's got other ideas and is looking to go go after that someone for that position once he once he gets De Jong. Um, but yeah, maybe it's like dependent, you know, True. on on getting De Jong. True. So he'll partner well with him. Yeah, yeah, but obviously Calvin Phillips, I think, would have been a great signing, but. Yeah, and just wild that a player of that much ability is going to now essentially be a rotational piece for City. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, 
on the flip side, like he's definitely going to win trophies, yeah, which is good. But and learn a lot probably. Yeah, and he's still very young. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that unless you can think of anything, that pretty much concludes all the main transfer news in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, I got nothing. So we can move on to no whispers this week. Yeah, no, no whispers <laughs> this week, but there might be some next week. So look out for that. Uh, so we will move on to. Uh, the Women's Euros, which kick off next week. So we're going to go through group by group, going through each country um, uh, and just sort of uh, having a look at all the teams. Full disclosure, uh, going into this, uh, obviously, aside from a little bit of knowledge we know of the Women's Super League um, in England and a few of the players who play around Europe, um, we don't have the biggest knowledge of, of uh, European women's soccer, but we thought we'd use the watching this and engrossing ourselves in this tournament as a, a chance to sort of boost our knowledge on that front. So um, those of you who who may listen who already have knowledge of, of women's um, European women's football, great. Uh, and those of you who don't, you can learn along with us uh, over the next few weeks while we uh, watch and enjoy uh, this tournament. Another big international tournament. It's Another always, big it's always, always good. More football is always good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll kick we'll, we'll kick it off uh, with Group A. Am I starting? You are starting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first team um, are the hosts, England. Um, the lionesses. The lionesses. They've been runners up twice, 1984 and 2009. Um, they're ranked eighth in the world and sixth in Europe, and qualif- obviously qualified automatically as hosts. I feel like they would have qualified anywhere. Though. They're quite a, a good yeah. sporting nation. Yeah, or, and obviously, definitely a powerhouse in, in 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 women's football. Yeah, definitely in Europe. Um, yeah. So, sort of, sort of a notable fact is that their manager helped Holland qualify for the Euros and helped them win it. And now isn't in, there. In 2017 and, and has now left and is now managing England, which is pretty hectic. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I think Phil Neville did do a pretty good job, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Lioness has made the World Cup semis, as, 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 if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they did. They made the semis and they lost in the third place playoff to Sweden in the 2019 World Cup. Um, and obviously, there's some great players in that team. Like, obviously, you've got um, Ellen Ellen White, who's the Manchester City striker up top. Uh, she scores bags of goals. Fran Kirby, Fran Kirby as well. Um, I think Leah Williamson is an Arsenal player. She's a, she's a, she's a good defender. Uh, but yeah, like it's been a while since um, England. Obviously, like you said, in the Euros, have troubled uh, the you know the sort of end end of the tournament. Yeah, um, but. I mean, based on their World Cup form, who's to say that you know we can't kick on? I think they'll. I think they'll definitely be strong in this group as well. And th- they've also got runner-up for the Ballon d'Or in 2019, Lucy Bronze, who's a fullback, which is pretty oh. impressive to win it be, as a fullback. Be, yeah, be runner-up for the Ballon d'Or as a fullback. It's hectic. Damn. Was that was that the most recent Ballon d'Or she was done up for? No, 2019. Oh, 2019. 2019. Right, right. Yeah. Damn, that is very impressive. Very yeah. impressive. Um, well, yeah, so can't wait to see how well England do, because obviously that, that'll probably be the team we support. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, next in Group B, in Group A is Austria. Um, not uh, a team that had uh, qualified into the Euros for really ever until they, qualif- um, until they qualified for Euro 2017. Uh, and... But they also made the semi-finals in that, so it was a pretty good debut. Um, they lost to Denmark in the last four, 
qualified being the best of the runners up um, in their qualifying group. So, I mean, somewhat of an unknown, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, seems like they're they're improving. Obviously, getting to their first um, Euros last time out and getting to the semi-finals at the first time of asking, like you said, is is pretty impressive. And yeah, a, like a decent a decent qualifying record. So they could do all right, but I think yeah that as we all saw with Italy, teams that are sort of flash in the pan and get good out of nowhere can also get bad out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's hard in this group as well when you've got two other teams that seem pretty pretty like strong. Yeah. And speaking of um the next group uh the next group <laughs> the next team is Norway. So yeah, they're obviously a bit of a um a bit of a powerhouse in women's football. Um they've won it twice. They've got the inaugural Ballon d'Or feminine winner in Ada Hergeberg in their team um, that qualifying record too is crazy <laughs> what's play, that? Play, the, 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 they're qualifying a group C they won played 6 won 6 um, uh, scored 30, 34 goals conceded 1 <laughs> that is ridiculous <laughs> conceding 1 goal is, is stupid that's nasty um, but yeah. yeah look yeah uh, only made the group stage in Women's Euro 2017, but again, yeah, like they, like I said, they've got a Ballon d'Or winner in their team, um, and yeah, like, I'm like that qualifying clearly shows that they've been good, quite re- they've been very good recently. Yeah, um, and it's interesting to see how they went in the World Cup. I've also got down that in 12 Women's Euros, they've only failed to reach the semi-finals three times. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. So they're always up there. And yeah, interestingly, England beat them in the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2019, 3-0. That is now three years ago. Uh, but there you go. And that's the... Oh, no, that's not the opening game. <laughs> but, we'll, but we'll see a replay in the group stage. Yes, which will be very interesting. Uh, next, we've got... Uh, Northern Ireland, who uh, just about scraped through to qualify for the Euros. Uh, uh, group uh, Runners-up in Group C, which was uh, the group that Norway won. Uh, played 8-1-4, drew 2, lost 2, uh, and, a equal, and a goal difference of 0, scoring as many as they conceded, but then won their playoff. <clears throat> won their playoff uh, 4-1 against Ukraine. Um, never previously qualified for the Euros, so complete unknown here. Um, yeah. Uh, like like we've said before, like again with the other teams in this group, probably hard to see them making too many waves. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely a good story. Like that they had the worst like qualifying record of the teams that made the playoffs um, for for qualification, and obviously big for the country to get their first um, first first sort of Euros appearance. Yeah, men's um, or women's in in quite a while, I reckon actually. Yeah, because that Northern Ireland hasn't made the men's heroes in a while yeah definitely a long time <laughs> but yeah i think it's definitely going to be difficult for them to get past obviously england and and norway and obviously we talked about austria they're pretty strong at the moment as well yeah um interestingly they're like of uh they're ranked 32 out of the 48 contenders so they've punched above their weight who 48 contenders who tr- tried to get into the last 16 so they punched above their weight a little bit to get into the tournament yeah but yeah i mean you never know. You never know. <laughs> but that's why we love football. The magic of it. Yeah, but account. yeah. Um, so next we've got Group B. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Huge. 
Uh, so it's kicking off with Germany, who have won eight of 12 U- European championships in the women's game. Crazy. And they had an 18-year reign as champions ended um, in the last... Um, in the last Euros in 2017, um, and that run was ended by Denmark, who they who they faced first in the group. Interestingly, oh, very interesting little narrative there. <laughs> I love that. Crazy that they had a 17 year hold on the Euros, though. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Mate, 90, 89, 91, 95, 97, 2001, 2005, 2009, 2013. Jesus, <laughs> pretty crazy. That's crazy. Um, Absolute. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like Germany always, you know, the sort of pragmatic football they always kind of do very well in, mm. in, um, yeah, in, in in tournaments across both the men's and the women's games. Yeah. So. Interestingly, in the World Cup, they went out to Sweden, which is the team we'll talk about later, who are also very good in the quarterfinals. And uh, I don't actually. They they weren't in the final. They weren't in the top four of the Olympics. But then again, the Olympics is a little bit kind of. Not don't, teams don't always put their best foot forward in the Olympics. True, but still, maybe that obviously ridiculous record that we talk about is kind of faltering a little bit in true. recent years. True, true, true. Well, yeah. Look, the pedigree's there for sure. Um, let's just see if they'll they're able to uh, bounce back to be there as like one of the the favourites come this time. Um, next, we've got Denmark. Uh, so their best record is runners up in the most recent Euros. Um, so that's the best they've ever performed was last Euros. Uh, their quali- just as I've said, how good uh, Norway's qualifying record was. Den- I've just now seen that Denmark's is even better. <laughs> Played ten, one nine, drew, drew, drew one, draw, drawed, drawed, <laughs> drawed one, scored forty eight goals, conceded one. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and also, and oh. Uh, fun little fact about them: They clinched qualification uh, on the 20, on with a three-all win against Italy, who had not lost at home in more than five years. So, just like their men's team currently are starting to, you know, really become a powerhouse in world football, clearly the Danish women's team are doing the same. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's that's. I'm keen to see how they play. Yeah, yeah. They, they obviously got the the, uh, the automatic qualification out of the qualifying group ahead of Italy, beating them and. Italy are ranked higher um, in, in the world rankings as well, which is pretty impressive. I've got the I've got two key players for them here. Yeah, Pernil Harder, who plays for Chelsea in the Women's Super League. Oh yeah, she won the the UEFA Women's Player of the Year in 2018 and 2020, and was runner up to the Ballon d'Or in 2018 as well. Oh nice. And Nadia Nadim, which is like uh, interesting interesting story. She's an Afghani refugee oh. who went to Denmark. Nice. Um, well, Left Afghanistan in at, at at the age of two, um, and yeah, s- scored the winner when they when they beat um, Germany. All oh, right, the in the last year. Yeah. All right, and she's also their top scorer in qualification as well. I see. Yeah. So yeah, um, I mean, you've got to have them up there probably as one of like maybe not the favorite, but definitely like the the chasing pack. You'd, you'd probably say the holders Netherlands are the favorites, or maybe Sweden, but. Yeah, yeah. I think all of the groups are hard, but this one seems pretty tricky. Yeah, yeah. This is probably what you'd call the group of death, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So, who have we got next? Oh, yep. Spain next. Um, so obviously, just a, a, a very strong side. I think most notably in the most recent Ballon d'Or, 
the winner and the runner-up were both Spanish in Alexia Putellas and Jennifer Hermoso. So, yeah. They they automatically qualified finishing first in their group. They're ranked fifth out of the European teams and seventh in the world. So, another very strong team Damn. in this group. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, having the top two places in the Ballon d'Or definitely helps. Uh, yeah. Like, I think, like, like, yeah, that's almost unheard of. Um, yeah, look, that's that's actually looking at it now. That's actually a crazy group: Germany, Denmark, and Spain. Um, and to be fair, like the next team I'm going to talk about, are, are no slouch. It seems like they're no slouch either. So, um, interestingly, that I, I see that uh, they've uh, after they never really qualified for one uh, big tournament uh, before 2013, they're, they're now at their fifth in a row. So. Uh, you know, seem to f- Spanish football, or Spanish women's football seems to be really be uh, hitting its stride at the moment. Obviously, with Ballon d'Or winners and uh, more crazy um, group uh, qualifying records. Again, uh, only conceding one goal to their forty-eight scored as just like uh, Denmark, which is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, uh, another one that will probably be a favorite going into the tournament. Uh, next, we've got Finland, who won their group as well to qualify. Um, again, without losing a game, uh, only conceding two, although only scored half the amount of goals that Spain and Denmark scored. Um, still, yeah, still twenty-four not, goals is a decent. It's not, it's not bad. Um, the best they've ever done in the Euros is making the semi-finals. Or, however, they didn't qualify for the twenty seventeen Euros. And I'm just having a look now. And they were not at the World Cup, or they didn't, didn't make the round. They didn't make the round of sixteen in the World Cup either. So I'm just looking to see if they were in the World Cup. Oh, uh, they didn't qualify for the World Cup in 2019 either. True. So, so had a bit of a purple patch recently, but but seemed to admit, like still probably a good team, but maybe in terms of the World Cup, where there's countries from all over the world competing, maybe not quite in that upper echelon, but. Yeah. Still in the in the in the in the Eurosphere, probably quite a competitive team. I mean, looking at the other three teams in this group, you would struggle to see them qualifying. Yeah. Just considered I think like so. the heavy hitters that are on this team. Yeah. This this group's stacked and I think I mean they've got a good quali- qualifying record, but maybe they weren't tested quite as much as they will be in this group in yeah, qualifying. That's true. Yeah. All right. So, uh, should we do predictions for the first two groups? Um, sure. Like to 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 our limited knowledge, why not? Let's give, let's give it a go. Um, predictions are fun. And also, I feel like predictions when you potentially don't know as many can sometimes be better than predictions where you do know heaps and then you just yeah, overthink don't it. start overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, Group A. Um, I'm gonna go with England topping it, Norway, Austria, Northern Ireland. Yeah, there's there's no. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because I'm an England fan, though. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm definitely putting England first because of the, um, you know, sort of going with the heart. But uh, (laughs) Norway, definitely in for a shout to win that group. I reckon for Group B... This is tough. I'm going to say Denmark first, Mm -hmm. Spain second. And Germany to miss out. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. then Germany, Finland. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to agree with those two teams to go through, although I'm going to swap them. I reckon Spain wins the group Denmark second yeah Germany miss out just and Finland yeah to finish last 
Yeah. I, I know something is something just crazy about having two, the the top two of the Ballon d'Or in your team at one at any at any one time. Like, it's imagine having like, you know, like, you know, Messi, Messi, Messi and Ronaldo, Messi and Ronaldo <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah. Um, in your team. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, and and they also they also play together at Barcelona. Oh, that's oh, that's so like great. they actually like play with each other on a regular basis. So yeah, that's definitely just help. classic Spain picking yeah the, all the Barcelona players. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, look, yeah, Spain very good team, Denmark very good team, but yeah, I'll take Spain winning that one. Uh, right next, we've got Group C. Uh, the Neuterlands. Uh They're the holders, the winners of the Euro 2017. Uh, their first time they've ever won the Euros. Um, again, a crazy qualification record. Play 10, 110, 43 goals, 4, uh, 3 against. Um, I think, yeah, they're, they're definitely a bit of a powerhouse in, in yeah. women's football. But interesting, like you just said, uh, the, the guy who won them their first ever tournament is now coaching England. So... And seem and I don't, I don't know what country Mark Parsons is from, but if he's English, that'd be very funny that an English person is now coaching. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that right now. Just do the swap, <laughs> Mark Parsons. But yeah, I I think obviously pretty big to. He's an English football manager. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously pretty big to to take the title off off Germany and. Yeah, they've obviously got players like Vivian Miedema. Yeah, yeah, they got uh, also. I'm not. I think. I think she's still playing at Arsenal. Uh, she might have just left. But I'm, uh, Danielle Van der Donk, also a very good player. Uh, Lika Martins just signed for Barcelona. True. Very another very good player. Um, yeah, look, they're they're the winner. They're the the the, the holders for a reason. Uh, in the World Cup, they were they uh, made the final, lost to the US in the Olympics. They lost to the US in the quarterfinals uh, who went on to beat Australia in the third in the bronze medal match so um, yeah look very good team yeah and with Vivian Miedemar who uh, finished uh, who I'm not sure where she finished the Ballon d'Or but she she ranked uh, I think she ranked in the top three of, of I think ESPN did a ranking of the top 50 women's Europe European players and she ranked in the top three so she's definitely a bit of a freak think, I've seen some highlight packages oh yeah for, with um, with Arsenal, it's yeah. just crazy. As an Arsenal fan, yeah, I've seen her score like four or five bags of goals in games, and it's just it's just nuts. Yeah, um, just signed a new contract as well. I'm pretty sure. So happy days. That's a win. <laughs> um, the next, the next nation in this group, uh, Portugal. Um, so they were runners up in Group E, and actually. Yeah, this is actually an interesting one. They they lost to Russia in the playoffs, um, and then Russia got um, disqualified from the tournament, and now now Portugal are in. Um, so obviously not not the best circumstances to qualify no. for a tournament, but you you still take it. You'll take it, yeah. Um, their that their best placing um, at, at at a Euros is the group stage, and that was the first time they've been there in 2017. So. Again, I don't know. This one's a bit of an interesting one because obviously Portugal is such a powerhouse in in the men's game. Um, so it's interesting that um, the the women's team isn't like hasn't performed quite as well because um, it seems like all the other nations that's that's kind of the case. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, and like, I feel like there's definitely like 
some stock to the fact that like they maybe are getting better because like they've never made a tournament up until 2017 only only finished in the group stage but now and like yes they didn't quite qualify but you know with Russia they, st- they were still thereabouts so like they maybe they're they're sort of on the up but yeah again uh, again compared to some of the other teams in this group um, they're a bit of an unknown yeah um, so next we've got speaking of uh, powerhouses um, Sweden so a team that uh, won their group in commanding fashion, uh, not losing a game. 40 goals scored, two conceded. Uh, also third place third place in the 2019 World Cup and uh, second place or silver medal in the Olympics last year. Um, yeah, look. And they won the Euros once in 1984, made the quarterfinals in Euro 2017. And I remember watching them during the Olympics. They were just so good. I'm pretty sure they beat Australia. Yeah, they did. They beat they beat Australia one nil in the semi-finals of that. And yeah, like Australia were good, but I, I felt like watching at that game at the time. I was like Sweden were definitely like on another a level. cut above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so obviously like ridiculous qualification record. Um, yeah. And made the quarterfinals last time out. It's pretty hectic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so a uh, thing of note is um, their second straight Olympic silver in 2021. So they've gone back to back without quite getting the gold, but still a very good uh, achievement. Uh, they've also appeared in the World Cup final and the final four of the women's Euros um, four times, including their, obviously their, when, they, when they won it in 1984. So yeah, just a, like, always a history of being, yeah. of being very good. Yeah. Very impressive. Um, so Switzerland next. Um, they qualify for the tournament through through the playoffs, winning a penalty shootout against the Czech Republic. So they won three two on, on pens to get through to the tournament. Um, similar similar to Portugal in the in in the fact that um, that their best placing at, at a European Championships is the group stage, and that was in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. So sort of still still building up but obviously improving um i think they're gonna obviously find it difficult we've spoken about how strong all of the well um the netherlands and sweden are in this group yeah so it's yeah. gonna be difficult and interestingly um this the first tournament they ever qualified for was the 2015 women's world cup in canada and they were eliminated by the host in the round of 16 two years later they took part in the women's zero uh, and obviously didn't make it past the group stage like you just said and this will in weirdly then this will be their first major tournament appearance since then so they have they didn't qualify for the um the world, world cup, cup in 2019 and didn't play in the olympics so yeah 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 hard to see like yeah like even if they were playing well hard to see after not because like it, it, it makes a big difference just having sort of sort of miles in the tank of playing tournament football yeah like it's just sure. a different type of beast to playing league football or yeah. club football so yeah it, like, yeah. if you haven't played a tournament in nearly more well, five years I feel like it's, you'll, it'll take time to readjust and you've only got three games in the group stage so. yeah if, if you if you lack that experience and you haven't played that much as, as a team like it's it's definitely harder in, yeah. in, like, in those situations but sure. obviously coming off a good feeling winning winning a penalty shootout to get to the tournament is oh yeah hectic, big so. time so next we have uh, France, and obviously a very another very good team. Um, 
like you said before, similar like a lot of these nations, similar to the men's, their women's teams are um, very very uh, advanced as well. Uh, they are the French league is also one of the premier leagues in in Europe as well. So obviously a lot of talent coming out of there. Um, possibly the best qualifying record uh, out of any of the teams we've seen so far. Played eight, won seven, drew one, scored forty four, conceded none. No goals so conceded. No That's team fantastic. has no team has breached the French defence um, going into this tournament, which has got to be a daunting prospect um, for any team coming up against them. Uh, yeah, so they're also the the second highest ranked um, uh, European European team on the FIFA on the FIFA rankings. Yeah, interestingly though, they've never made it past the quarterfinal. Um, so that'll probably be like, and it's considered by um, uh, a couple of websites as having somewhat of like a quarterfinal hoodoo, as they've never been able to uh, make it past that that stage. That stage, yeah. despite being a powerhouse, uh, they've been eliminated in the last eight, the past three women's Euros and two World Cups, and the last Olympics in 2016. They didn't play in the the most recent Olympics. Uh, so yeah. Maybe it's a case of if they if if they make it past the the quarterfinals, look out. They can go all the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up in in this group is Italy. So they qualified automatically, um, but they were in those three teams with like that were part of the sort of best runners up. Yeah. Um, they they've they've never won the Euros. They've been runners up on two occasions in '93 and '97. And interestingly, they went out at the group stage in, in 2017. So, obviously, again, another nation that just has pedigree. Yeah. Maybe struggling a little bit recently. Um, but, yeah, they'll have to perform well to make it out of the group. It's a, it's a strong one. Yeah, look, like you said, pedigree, one of the best teams in the continent in the, in the first uh, two decades uh, of, of, of the championships finishing the top four in the first four editions of the Euros, interestingly, uh, and losing the final to Norway in 93. Um, they have not progressed further in the quarterfinals since that time, though, and since, since, since again, they made the final like, uh, in 97. So, yeah, look, it's, it, like, it's football's very cyclical, and teams can have good runs and bad runs. It yeah. would seem, though, that Italy right now aren't in probably their best, and considering um, that... Uh, France is also in this and uh, another good team in Belgium again you'd probably see struggling see them struggling to qualify from this group but speaking of Belgium uh, Group H winners in qualifying uh, their top scorer I'm not, not gonna, uh, I hope I don't botch this name here <laughs> but Tina de, de Haini maybe um, good. Uh, 12 goals which is I think the most out of any uh, player in qualification their best is only ever going past the only, only ever making the only ever uh, the group stage is their sorry the best they've ever uh, placed in the Euros though. Um, yeah, so apart although but aside from their obviously Tina Tina um leading goal scoring qualifying, there's not a whole much more that you can really you know say about them. But yeah. Based on the the qualifying record, you would say that they will probably probably would be favoured over an Italy or potentially um, the next team we're going to talk about to qualify. But then you just never really know. Yeah, I think I think this one. Yeah, it's it seems like a bit of more like an 
evenly poised group. Mm. So the, the next team is Iceland. They were um, the the last team of those three that qualified automatically but didn't finish first in their group. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar qualifying record to Belgium. They played eight, um, uh, won six, drew one, lost one, um, 25-4 and, and five against. I just think, yeah, it's it, they seem to be very evenly poised with, obviously, um, Belgium and Italy. Um, and, yeah, what, what was the other thing I was going to say? <laughs> I have one other thing. They've made the oh, quarterfinals yeah. before, Iceland, but uh, that was a little bit of time ago. Um, like I said, last time they played, they won the groups. They were only in the group stage, so... Yeah. And they weren't in the World Cup either in 2019. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think the thing that I was going to say is that yeah, their, their their women's game seems a lot more successful than their men's game. They're like in inside the top ten of of, of European teams by, by the FIFA rankings and 17th in the world. So it's it's, it's pretty impressive for for a, a small nation. Yeah, yeah, such a tiny nation. No, that, is, that is that's actually very interesting. But um. I guess now we've got to we've got to make some. This this will probably be harder for us to make predictions, seeing as it is close closer groups than the first two. Yeah. Uh, but for Group C, um, I mean, hard to go past. Oh, I say it's hard to go past the Netherlands winning, but then there's Sweden in there as well. But I'm gonna back I'm gonna back my my Arsenal girls and go um, Vivian Miedemar and Netherlands to top that group, followed by Sweden um, and. Uh, Portugal third, Switzerland fourth. I'm going to put Sweden first, Netherlands second. So those two going out and then um, Switzerland coming in third and, and Portugal Portugal last in the group. So. Okay. And for D, this this one is hard. I mean, um, outside the winner, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I think, yeah, France are going to go through and then... I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back Iceland. You're gonna back Iceland yeah, to, to go to, to go through second, and then Belgium, Italy. I'm gonna go Belgium. I reckon. I reckon uh, that that strike of scoring twelve. I reckon if she can carry that into the um the the, the finals, then they'll 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 be able to get out of the group. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, it, 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 I think it'll be one of those groups where it's like France are clear on nine points, and then the other uh, teams are sort of on four or five. Yeah. And sort of battling it out. But yeah, I'll go Belgium and uh, then Iceland and Italy. I think yeah, that's what I'm gonna 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 pick. Beautiful. Actually, no, I'm gonna go Italy then Iceland. Um, Are you really shitting all over? The <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, gotta mix it up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, like 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 we already said um, before, uh, we we don't truly know outside of you know five ten players in in this tournament uh, how they're gonna perform and how they're gonna play. But that's going to be probably like the most enjoyable thing about yeah. watching this tournament is is finding out um, and and seeing wow like how good are they and also listening to the commentary and finding out uh, which team some of the best players or the players that we like play for and then probably be a uh, make for more sort of I don't know more connection to watching the the women's super league and other leagues next year yeah for sure i think as well like england have a good chance here to win a major trophy on home soil and that's going to be true amazing if that happens yeah <laughs> show, show the the lions show, show the lions how to do it yeah. <laughs> the lionesses yeah but yeah um uh, yeah and like i i remember watching uh when australia beat uh england 4-3 in the olympics we were at the, we were at the retreat were you there for that 
I think I, I think you were. Remember when was going, everyone was going? Oh nuts? yeah, that hectic finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That it was, was four, crazy. It was four three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously that was. I remember like everyone was going crazy um around us, and I was always like, ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no. Definitely want to see England um do better this time. Yeah. Uh, and also just really keen to see um the Arsenal players that I've watched a bit uh, over the past season, like Vivian Miedemars and even if Daniela van der Donk isn't playing anymore. Um, but then there is Arsenal players on the, on the England team too, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I, f- I feel like I've had this sort of connection to the, to like, or not connection, but like sort of had this sort of as my, the Dutch team as my second team. Yeah. It's a little bit talent now just because of how good Viv- Vivian Miedemars is and how much of a fan of hers I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who my second team is. <laughs> I'll go. Ge- I'll go Germany because um, I feel like you should wait to watch the first few games, and then you can pick one. Yeah, but I've got German blood. You know, oh, you got so German yeah. blood. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I mean, the name like Kudelux. <laughs> um, I also, I, I always um, like Denmark. Um, I feel like I enjoy watching them play as well. Um, so I'll be keen to see how how good they are. Yeah. And yeah, kicking off um, uh, on the sixth of um, the seventh, the seventh of July. Is that our time? Yeah, our time on oh, the seventh. Seventh. Yeah. Also, the, being in England, the game's probably going to be at tricky times. Hey. Yeah, it's at five a.m. on the seventh. But I'm. But also, I'm pretty. Is do we know what it's being broadcast on? Is it on Optus? Yeah, it's on Optus. Ah, yeah, it's on. Well, Optus. then mini matches and replays for days. <laughs> mate. Forget about it. Um, but yeah, so that'll be that'll, that'll be great. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I I guess there's nothing really else now for for us to wait for it to all to get underway. Yeah, um, can't wait. And uh, may or may not happen, but uh, we, we on the podcast know of some people that are going over to watch, so we we may or may not uh, have uh, a guest come on to tell us what what the vibe is over there in England. So that would be huge. Our first uh, foreign correspondent. <laughs> first foreign correspondent. <laughs> but you'll have to wait and see. You know, it's just we're just teasing the possibility of it right now. Yeah. But uh, uh, but that will wrap us up uh, for now. Um, as always, uh, we've been Wo- uh, Woody and Woodson. <laughs> <laughs> we've been Woody and Woody. Um, uh, tune in if you liked what you heard, and you're also keen to watch the women's uh, Euros over the next few weeks. Uh, give us a follow the Forty Yard Switch on uh, Spotify and Forty Yard Switch Pod on Instagram to keep up to date with all the latest. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be more uh, transfers developing over the next uh, few weeks in the men's game as well. So have a keep an eye out for Wooby's Whispers in future weeks. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, but yeah, that's all from us for now. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye.